Halashin for Halas? Want to bry or fine dine? Stay tuned to High FM on 101.9. Join Adrian Bagatti for Essen Fresen Tuesday mornings from 11 a.m. where it's all about the food. Good morning and I am Adrian. Today's show comes from a very cold and wet Johannesburg. It was almost not a show. Um, thankfully, I drive a big enough car that the person who went into the back of me went into the spare tire. So we're all good to start, but I am now warm. So that's a good thing to say. Just as we're getting used to the heat, we suddenly get a cold snap, reminding us that it actually isn't summer yet. So despite the two heat waves that we've had to go through so far, summer's not here. So, but it's no reason not to start preparing meals that are great for warmer weather because hopefully this cold front won't last very long at all. Uh, it should be done, I'd hope, by Wednesday. Otherwise, we're going to have a problem in my house because the meal plan calls for salads every day for lunch. So that should be interesting. At least some of them I can warm up like a pasta salad. So that's, you know, a bit of a change when you're meal planning is to be able to adjust to the change in your weather. This week, I thought, though, I would talk about not only like meal planning, which is like my biggest for me. Meal planning is without doubt one of the biggest time savers and money savers that you can come into in the kitchen. It's something that I stopped doing for some reason around about the beginning of August. I was away a lot and I just forgot all about planning for the family who was staying home. So once the meals that were already cooked and in my freezer were done, nobody knew what to make. Um, and the first thing that happened when I came home was not we missed you, but could we start meal planning again? Um, it made a, it does make a big difference uh, when you have a list and know what to cook then even if you're unexpectedly away, which mine unfortunately wasn't unexpected, it was planned, but I wasn't organized enough. So it's an important thing in your daily life is to meal plan, and it makes a difference. South Africans, for some reason, to a certain extent, do not meal plan unless they've been to a dietitian and the dietitian's given them the eating plan or they're trying one of the diets, whether it is the, um, what's it, pineapple diet or the Mediterranean or whatever diet it is, they all come with meal plans. And the reason for that is it's easiest to stick to an eating plan and a way of life if you know what you're having for every meal or even every dinner. So I must admit I plan for all my meals, breakfast, lunch, and supper, just because otherwise I tend to eat the same thing every day and um, usually includes bread. And, well, it's time to start getting rid of some of the extra weight that I put on over winter. So this week, we're going to reduce the time you spend in the kitchen. We're going to take down the time you spend preparing your dinners. And more importantly, reduce your grocery and food wastage. So your grocery bill is going to come down nicely. Not a huge lot, but it is going to come down and it comes down in unseen ways as well. And one of those ways is not wasting as much food as you would normally do. Because often we go to the shops, we're in a hurry, we're tired. You know, you just want to get home. It's hot. You don't want to cook. So you buy stuff that looks good and you get home and you think, I just can't face it. Or load shedding. And then you just can't cook. And by the time your lights come back on, it's like 8 o'clock at night and everybody's grumpy and hungry and, you know, just not in a good mood. So it is 
a way to get rid of that. And your food then sits in the fridge and every night you look at it and you go, I don't feel like making it. I don't feel like making it. It's too much effort. I haven't got time. Whatever the excuse is. And at the end of the week, you have to throw it out because it's either limp or you can't use it anymore. It's growing mold, all those kind of things. Now, I watch a ton of YouTube cooking videos. I love them. I love the the interesting shows. I love the ones where they... Um, compare things like whether you should use olive oil or peanut oil or vegetable oil for cooking and which is the best result. So I love those kind of things. I love where they take ordinary people and challenge them to make a meal out of ingredients that are around the house. Uh, the one I watched recently, and that's what gave me the idea to the show, was they took what they call a normal, that is a home cook, uh, versus a chef. And the home cook was able to go shop for the ingredients, make the meal. The chef could only use what the home cook left off. So all his waste. And it was amazing to see what the chef came up with. It is an edible meal. It was just incredible. So I've had some inspiration from there as well. And it's really, really helping, you know, get me back on track with meal planning because it's given me a new way to look at things as well. One of the things that this uh, YouTube group look at is ways to use ingredients throughout the week so that if you buy, say, fresh parsley or fresh coriander, you're not always going to use all of it. You only need like a handful here and a handful there. But what about using it for other recipes throughout the week, which means comes the end of the week, you've used up all of that fresh ingredient that you had so there are things that you can keep for longer obviously buying a bag of onions or a bag of garlic those are all okay but you know other times you're going to have where you're going to buy potatoes and you only need them for one meal but and there's only two of you but you've like got six potatoes left over and you're not going to eat them for another while so they start to turn green which means you cannot eat them it is considered quite unsafe. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I've always told people about the meal planning. Um, anybody who've ever spoken to, who's spoken to me will know I'm big on that. But the other thing I learned a couple of years ago, which really, really makes a difference, and unfortunately I'm not strict enough on it for myself, but it is it makes a world of difference when I do do that. And that's prepping one day a week for the meals for the week. And what you do with this is it does change the way I meal plan because obviously the things that go off quicker are going to be used first. So Sunday morning, you get into your kitchen. Now, I have to split my prep time up into two separate things. So it does take me longer because I keep kosher and some of the meals are milk. So what I do is I start off with all my meat meals. Whatever meat meals I'm going to make during the week, I prep those. So if I'm doing chicken... I'll have that ready, whether it's marinating or just cut into pieces or whether it's going to be stir fry, anything like that. That's what I'm going to prep. And then I will, once that's all prepped and ready, it doesn't have to be cooked. It goes into vacuum bags. I use the Ziploc and then I just squeeze all the air out. And what I do is I've got the big, big Ziploc for the um, protein and then I'll have smaller ones for the vegetables. 
and you can spice your vegetables. They're ready. You can blanch them if you want, if you've got the time. And they're all ready, prepped for you to just come home from work, take out of the fridge, and pop into your oven when you need them. And I do the same with the dairy. I'll get it all ready, but if I'm doing something like a macaroni and cheese, I'll make the white sauce. So that's, you know, one of the main things that I'm going to do. And that makes me feel better and it helps us stick on to a good eating plan. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Right, now that I've spoken all about my passion for meal planning and meal prepping and getting life organized, I thought we'd look at something a little bit different and just explain why it is so important to reduce our food bills. Now, a common question that I get asked is, how much should you be spending on your food? The truth is that the statisticians and the financial guys say shouldn't be more than 25% of your your take-home income. Now, that can be a bit of a problem because, excuse me, <clears throat> because the average minimum wage is only something like four and a half thousand rand a month. It's 25 rand 37 an hour for the lowest paying job. These people are not taking home enough to cover a food budget. So if you're only taking home that kind of amount, your food bill for a family of four is going to be just over a thousand rand. It's 1,125 rand. Now this is below the cost of a basic food basket, which according to the Mail and Guardian, in August 2023, the average cost of a household food basket was 5,124 rand and 34 cents. Now that is Huge. It is over 350 rand more than it was last year at the same time. So that, that's quite an increase in our food. And that has a lot to do with, unfortunately, load shedding. And also whenever we run out of water and everything gets switched off, it does affect everybody. Now, in a study published by OIOL.co.za, the national minimum wage here is 25 rand 42 an hour. Uh, and 203 rand point 36 for an eight hour day. So it's 203 rand, nearly 204 rand an, a day for domestic workers. They are the lowest wage earners in our country. Workers who support their families dispersed in a worker's family of four, the national minimum wage is reduced to 864. This is below the upper bound poverty line of 1,417 per person per month. So they're earning way under that. Then in April 2023, the basic cost of a nutritional food basket for a family of four persons was 3,499 rand and 59 cents. Now, this curve was calculated based on prices in Peter Maritzburg, which has worked out to be the cheapest city to live in in this country. <coughs> Excuse me. And they took off electricity and transport. The average figure for a minimum nutritional basket for a family of four puts the electricity and transport taking up 58% of the worker's wage. And food is then bought after. 
and that's leaving only 1,445 rand for food and everything else. So it's food, it's medical care, it's school fees, it's clothing. That's all that's left. So what that is doing is making that most families are then only spending 361 rand per person per month. And this is below the food poverty line of 663. So it's a scary thing to think of us living here in Johannesburg for some of us in our homes, excuse me, in our homes and earning nicely, being able to feed our family. Yes, it's tight sometimes, but for most of us, we can go to the shops and we can know we can buy our bread, we can buy our milk, we can buy our butter or margarine or whatever you're going to use and still have some food on the table. But for the others, it doesn't work so well. And we know that in South Africa, in Johannesburg specifically, we have a lot of families that are struggling. So the truth is that it doesn't matter whether you're on your minimum wage or whether you're earning 30, 40, 60,000 rand. Your budget is supposed to be 25% of your take-home earnings. Now, depending on the size of your family, that can be quite a sort of a challenge on how to work out what do I spend, how much do I spend, what do I need to spend it on. You've got kids at school, so you need your lunches at school. You need, obviously, sometimes schools have tuck shops. You've got to be able to give the kids tuck shop at least once a month as a special treat. You know, some people I know feel pressurized that the kids need to ta- get takeout from tuck shop every day for school lunch. It doesn't work out well. And it makes us cook badly as well. We go home, we're tired, we think of the food we want to make, and we tend to stick with what's quick, what's easy, but not always what's cheapest. And that's where the costs come in. Now, the first advice is to be able to use the same ingredients in multiple recipes, across multiple recipes for the the week. So I will be giving you three recipes today that use everything on the list and I will ask them to ask the high fm to put it up on the website the recipes and the shopping list included so that you know what you're going to be spending <clears throat> so some of the ideas that we could do are um, the three recipes I've chosen is chorizo bake eggs with coriander dressing then a very green chicken curry with noodles and a roast mince with vegan sour cream and chive pasta. So those are the options that we would have for you to, you know, choose from. And like I said, this is a very, very simple, easy way to do your food and to make your budget stretch better. My suggestion is that you prep most of this on a day, like on a single day, that it's all ready to go into the oven or onto the stove when you're ready. Your shopping list for all three of these recipes to feed a family for include two cloves of garlic. Now, most of us are going to buy one head of garlic, so that's going to last, should last you about two to three weeks. 18 tablespoons of olive oil. Well, you're going to buy a bottle of olive oil. You can use a small bottle of olive oil, um, but olive oil is not 100% necessary. You can use that for anything you want. You can use other oil if you want. Eight tablespoons of vegetable oil. 300 grams of dried medium egg noodles. 
So you buy them in packets and they usually, you can then just separate them and break them out, cook just as many as you need, put them in a airtight container and they will keep for quite a while. If you don't want to do egg noodles, you can just buy the spaghetti. Spaghetti is often on sale at all sorts of places to keep your budget down. Then 300 grams of frozen peas. Now, to me, frozen peas are a staple in every freezer because they're just so versatile. You can make soup from them. It's nice. I know my kids sometimes like to take some frozen peas out, put them in a bowl, put a bit of butter in, pop them in the microwave, and that's their lunch. You know, a nice, good protein. Peas are a good protein to have, but it's still an healthy option even with the bit of butter that you're going to stick in. The other thing you're going to need is the chorizo sausage. Now, for those who don't want to buy chorizo sausage, because it can be a little bit expensive and you can only, you know, you can't always get it, you can actually use any kind of spicy sausage. So whether you use the vegetarian spicy sausages or you use a Vienna or you use, what's it, a, a Russian sausage, they work, they all work perfectly well with this recipe. Then one bottle of Orly Whip and some lemon juice. You should have a bottle of lemon juice. It's not really called for in the recipes, but we want to make sour cream. And if you're cooking the sausages, you're going to need some kind of sour cream if you are kosher. So a bottle of Orly Whip with a couple of drops of lemon juice in to curdle it and make it into your sour cream. It doesn't have to be overly sour. It does need to curdle a bit. But otherwise, if you don't keep kosher, just a th- one top bottle of sour cream. Two limes, 12 large eggs. Sorry, those are not cheap and hard to find. Six grams of, 60 grams, sorry, of fresh coriander. Two cans of chopped tomatoes. Two grams of green Thai curry paste. Now they do come in a tub of, I think it's about 50 or 100 grams. Once you've still opened it, Close it up really well with some cling film. Stick it in the um, stick it in the um, in, in your um, oven and in your fridge. Sorry about that. And uh, we'll do the that from from there. The next thing you're going to need is your um, sorry about that. If is you're going to need your uh, Coriander, as I said, your 60 grams of coriander. You're going to need your ciabatta breads, your curry paste, 400 grams of baby spinach, 40 grams of fresh chives, and 500 grams of chicken mince. So those are important things. Now, the recipe, the original recipe asked 500 grams of pork. Now, the thing with chicken and pork is there's a very big difference in the fat content. Chicken is a very lean meat. So my suggestion is that if you've got other meat at home that has fat on or if you've been able to, if you've got a big chicken, my suggestion is that when you cook that chicken, you take the fat off and put that in your freezer or fridge and that will add to your chicken mince just to keep it nice and like fatty. That's an important thing. So. Those are very important recipes. It's just for three recipes. It's a very short shopping list, and you'll use all those ingredients. There will be none left at the end of the week. 
just for those three recipes. So it's going to be very cost effective, even if some of the ingredients are more expensive. The ones that you are going to have left over are ones that have a good shelf life. So not a worry there. You can use them again in a couple of weeks' time. So the first recipe that I'm talking about is the chorizo baked eggs with coriander dressing. Very easy, very simple. One pan is all that's needed for this recipe, which makes cleaning up even better. So you're going to save on water. You preheat your oven to 180 degrees and you cut your chorizo or whatever sausage you're using into one centimeter rounds. You're going to put those into a large oven-proof frying pan with four tablespoons of vegetable oil. You're going to place the pan over a medium heat and you're going to fry your sausage for five to six minutes. You want it to have a bit of that browning from the cooking. You're going to then add your can of tomatoes, one can of uh, two cans of tomatoes. If you're doing a family of four, if you're doing two people, obviously cut it in half. But add your two cans of tomatoes and a large pinch of salt. Then you're going to simmer those for four minutes. And you're going to take your pan and you're going to make like little divots, little holes, spaces for you to be able to break your egg into. Um, the eggs are going to be quite crowded on the pan because you're using two eggs per person. But if you're feeding children, then I would cut down the egg to one egg per person. So that, that's how that works um, when you're doing it. You don't adjust anything else in the recipe, but the egg count will change. So in my family, I would definitely do two eggs per person. The other thing to be aware of is these eggs have got a runny yolk. So you need to decide you might have to cook it longer if you have a family that doesn't want runny yolks. You're going to now reduce the heat to low and cook the eggs in the sauce for about one to two minutes until that egg white starts to actually turn white and solidify. You want it to be set in places. You don't want it totally raw when you're going to put it in the oven. You're going to put your pan in the preheated oven and you're going to bake it for six to eight minutes until the eggs are are cooked, preferably with the yolk still slightly runny. And then once that's been in the oven for about four minutes, take your ciabatta bread, slice it in half lengthwise, and put it in the oven to heat up and crisp up. If you forget to cut it, which I often do, don't worry about it. Just put the ciabatta bread straight in as it is, and you can cut it afterwards. For the dressing, we're going to use the 60 grams of coriander. You're going to put that into a large measuring jug. You're going to zest one lime. Now, please remember, um, and I saw it the other day, which quite surprised me, is somebody zesting a vegetable without having washed the, the skin. Now, you're putting that into your food, so it does need to be washed before you do it. And you don't need one of these fancy zesters or anything like that. If you have the box grater, don't use the funny star shaped size, just use the very fine side grater of it. It is perfect for that. And it works quicker. You're going to, once you've zested the lime, you're going to then squeeze out the juice from that lime into your dressing. And you're going to add about six tablespoons of olive oil and season it with salt. You're going to blend all these ingredients together till they smooth. If you'd like a slightly runnier consistency to the dressing, just add a little bit more olive oil. 
Remove the eggs from the oven, drizzle the dressing over it, and serve it directly from the frying pan. So beautiful, one pot, quick, easy, very little maintenance kind of recipe, which is always my kind of recipe. So I hope you enjoy that. The next one is called a very Thai green curry. And I love this one. It's just such an amazing recipe to use. And the Thai green curry, you can adjust that because you can buy the ready-made sort of ready-made paste, should I say, from the shops. You buy it at Kosher World. I've seen it. I've bought it a few times. Now, the original recipe asked for pork. I just use chicken mince and it works fine. So that's an amazing thing to do. So here is your recipe. Is you're going to fill a kettle with water. You're going to put it on to boil. You're going to use this for your noodles. If you are using spaghetti, you are going to need to boil the spaghetti on the stove as per the package ingredients. But the um, medium egg noodles that you buy don't need cooking for that long. You're going to heat up two tablespoons of oil in a large frying pan over a medium heat. Once the oil starts to simmer, now you'll notice when it's like more liquidy than when you poured it into the pan, that means it started heating up. You're going to add your 500 grams of chicken with the chicken fat ingredients included in that and a pinch of salt. Now, you want to fry them from 8 to 10 minutes, breaking it up occasionally until it's crisp and golden. Now, you need to be very aware when you're doing that kind of thing. If your oil is not hot enough, the chicken or whichever meat, even if it's beef mince, is going to release a lot of liquid. And you're going to land up more boiling your meat than frying it. So you want to make sure that the oil is hot enough. Just take those extra few minutes to let it get to temperature. You're going to fry the meat until eight, for eight minutes. And then while that is frying, keeping an eye on it, you can set a timer, which is a really good idea. You're going to start the rest of it. You want to assemble the green part for the Thai green curry. You're going to add your 300 grams of peas, your 400 grams of spinach, and your two tablespoons of curry paste into a large bowl and cover with cling film. Now, remember, if you don't want it so strong, then um, you're going to reduce your curry paste to about one tea- tablespoon. You can go down to one teaspoon just to get the flavor if you really, really can't do spicy food. Then we're going to microwave it for four, three to four minutes until the spinach darkens and wilts and the peas soften. You're going to blend that all together with a hand blender. We're going to transfer the meat using a slotted spoon onto a plate ready for serving later. And we're going to use the fat that's left in the pan for the next step. And this is why I'm saying add the extra chicken fat. You're going to add your paste to the pan with the meat fat in it. You're going to put it on a low heat and you're going to cook the paste for three to four minutes until darkened and fragrant. Get on with the rest of the dish while you wait for that. You're going to put your noodles into a medium saucepan, season with salt, and cover it with the boiling water from the kettle. Put it over the high heat and boil for 45 minutes until it is soft. You're going to toss and mix everything together. Season with salt and pepper to serve, and it's ready. Then you're going to put everything 
You can serve it once again with eggs. You're going to put the uh, oil in the large frying pan. You're going to heat the oil, break in four eggs, fry for three to four minutes until the bottoms are crispy and the whites are set, but the yolks still have a wobble, and then you can serve it. Put everything mixed together on a plate with the eggs on top. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. So we're going to start with the last recipe now, and that is our beautiful, quick and easy mince recipe. It is the roast mince, sour cream, and chive pasta. Once again, very simple, and we're using stuff that we've already bought for the week. You're going to preheat your oven very hot to 210. This will be for the meat in the next step. You're going to fill your kettle with water and put it on to boil. This is going to be for your pasta. Now, if you're like me and you've got a gas stove, waiting for water to boil pasta can take forever. So boiling the kettle is a nice quick step. You're going to get your mince ready, so it's 500 grams of mince, to a medium, and you're going to add that to a medium roasting tray. You're going to drizzle over two tablespoons of oil, season with salt, and give it a good mix so you can spread it out evenly in one layer over the baking tray. Now, you can use chicken mince for this, or you can use lamb or beef. Either one works well. You're going to roast your meat for 10 to 12 minutes until golden and crispy in places and get on with the rest of the dish while that's in the oven. So don't wait around. Take your next step. You're going to take your pasta and you're going to put it into a medium pan with salt and the boiling water from the kettle. Put onto the stove over a high heat and you boil, as the package says, 9 to 11 minutes. It's until now. A lot of us are used to the very soft spaghetti, but spaghetti must have a bit of a bite to it. It mustn't be crunchy, obviously, but it shouldn't be mushy. And that's what most of us are used to eating is the mushy spaghetti. So I would suggest sticking to the time, 11 minutes, it should be perfectly cooked by then. And please don't throw it against your wall to check if it's cooked. That's just yuck. Just bite into a piece and then you'll know. You're going to get your croutons ready. The ciabatta bread that you bought, you're going to rip half of one into bite-sized chunks, so about one, and you're going to add it to the baking tray, and you're going to grate over a peeled clove of garlic. So the grating of the garlic is so much easier. When you get a recipe that asks you to chop garlic or mince garlic, just take it on the fine side of the grater. It works much nicer. And for those of us who are not chefs, it's a lot easier to do as well. You're going to drizzle over four tablespoons of olive oil or ordinary vegetable oil. That's up to you. Season with salt, toss and coat, and then spread it again into an even layer. So this is a separate baking pan for your bread because you want nice crunchy croutons. Your chives, you're going to chop them very finely. And then you're going to mix it all up. Like This is a really quick, easy recipe. Once your pasta and your meat are ready, you're going to use a tongs or a slotted spoon to put the pasta onto the tray with the meat. Then you're going to add your sour cream or your oily whip with lemon juice, whichever one you're using, and 
three quarters of the chives and you're going to mix that all beautiful together, breaking down any meat lumps that have formed while you were cooking them and just make it nice and crumbly. You're going to season with plenty of salt and black pepper and then you just serve straight from that. Once again, it doesn't use too many pans, but this one does use a lot more than the first the, pre, the first recipe I sent. So that is an amazing quick way to save you from using too many ingredients, wasting too many ingredients. And if there are ingredients that you really, really like to use and you want to be using them often and a lot, then my suggestion is that you look for recipes that use those ingredients. So it's a different way to shop and a different way to meal plan. Find what you like, then search, whether it's your cookbooks, whether it's a WhatsApp group, whether it's on Facebook or on Google or any app you've got, have a look for it and buy that way. And even though I'm new to doing this, I am finding it it's so much easier and my fridge is never overcrowded, which it always used to get. And then we would have to dig through it to see. And we would often find surprisingly, um, you know, stuff that's been there for two weeks that got hidden behind new stuff that was added and everybody forgot about it. It also stops with too much leftovers. But the truth is that if you do make a bit extra, take it to work the next day for lunch. That is going to save you a fortune. And it is a healthy way to eat. To have the leftovers the next day is always a good idea. It saves you so much money. It saves you time. And you're not going to impulse buy for your lunch. You're listening to the Essen Fresen Show on this rainy Tuesday. I'm Adrian Bugatti. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fresen with Adrian Bugatti. It's all about the food. Hi, this is Adrian. We've just been talking about three recipes that use very similar ingredients to cut down on your food bill and your food waste. Now, I found a, an article from a website called Truth About Money. It's a South African website. And I just asked it, how do South Africans cut our grocery budgets? So there are a few things that I've been saying for ages on how to do it. They are common throughout the world. One of them is looking for your special deals. So combo deals, so two for one, your special daily deals, and mid-month specials are great savings for South Africans. Now, mid-month specials can be a bit tricky when your budget is already like your salary is gone by the third of the month. So what I did to avoid spending my grocery money was worked out what we need every month. I opened a separate little bank account that has very, very minimal interest charges or anything like that. And that is where my grocery money goes. The old way of doing it, and I used to love doing this, was my cash envelopes where I would put money aside in cash to pay for the groceries. So if I knew I was going to the shops, I would say take 200 rand and that would be my budget. I couldn't spend more than that because that's all I had on me. No wallets, nothing. Now, it doesn't work quite so well anymore because of the cost of food, where if I would spend 200 rand, it would probably now be about 400 rand. It's gone up that much. 
But the truth is that having the money in a card and only taking that card is going to make you more aware of what you're spending because you know there's a limit to that card. So you're not going to spend your entire month's budget in one go. You're going to know with your shopping list what do you need. Now, a trick for shopping lists, because I don't know about you, but I often leave them at home, is to take a photo as soon as they're done. That way, when you do leave and you do forget them at home, you just call them up on your phone. You Now, um, I have a, a WhatsApp group of one, and that is mine, and it's called Things I Need to Remember. And that's where I take my photo of my shopping list, because those are the things I need to remember. So it's an important part of your shopping is your grocery list. Sorry, I can't speak now. Then they said, also they suggested coupons and food stamps are a good way to cut down your grocery bill. Now, I'm not sure if we have any of that around. So if anybody knows where you would be able to get food stamps or coupons, please let me know. I've never seen any um, in the last, I'd say, about 15, 20 years. Just never been seen. So it's an important thing on, on grocery bills that you need to do. Now, I said at the beginning that we spend maximum, we should spend maximum of 25% of our income, like our actual physical income on food. Please don't mean, take that to mean that that's your, your like how much you must aim for. Try and get under if you can, but don't compromise your health with that. So the first thing is to make your budget and try and stick to it. Now, I don't mean a monthly budget. I mean a daily budget. Literally every day you work out, okay, I need 500 rand for food per day. This means if you're doing your shopping every single day, which I know a lot of people do, then you're going to stop spending as much money as you did because every time you go into the store, you're going to spend about 10% more than you were planning on. And that adds up over time. You know, 50 rand every week can add up, well, every day usually, can add up quite quickly to a significant amount of money. So it's an important thing that we have our daily budget. The next thing is not going shopping daily. Work out your daily budget. Now, I know that Shabbos, when I do a very, very simple just family Shabbos, is 2,000 rand. That is, I know without a doubt that's what it's going to be. So when I've got less family members, then I've got extra money for the next week. When I have more family members, I have to be a little bit more tight on my budget and work out how to do it. But a basic family Shabbos is 2,000 rand. That is making a lot of my own things, including salads and noodles, not buying stuff, having stuff that can be eaten hot or cold because of obviously load shedding. We never know. So it's an important part of that. Then you're going to have your your daily budget. So say 250 rand a day. You add that up. You go shopping once a week, whether it's a Monday or a Sunday or whatever day of the week you choose to go shopping. Don't make it a Friday if you're doing Shabbos shopping on a Friday because that budget actually should be separate. I know it sounds silly because it's still for food, but Shabbos is a special day. So having a separate budget for it, then you know that that's what you've got and you don't run into trouble with that. Plan your meals once again, very important, and try to buy cheaper food, not quality, but 
Look at your prices. Know your prices. If something is being sold in bulk and it really is cheaper in bulk, find a friend to share it with. Because if you're not going to use it, you're actually wasting money. It's not worth it. It's worth then buying the better price, like the more expensive price. When you get items on the shop where they tell you you buy two and the third one's free, if you're not going to use all three of those by the time it expires, it isn't worth buying three. Buy one and just pay the full price. It will save you money. Once again, packed lunches, as I said, um, you know, that's going to save you money. And then the biggest one is avoid shopping when hungry or taking hungry children with you. That is the show for the week. Thank you for joining me, and we will chat again soon. I am Adrian, and this is the SN Freshen Show.